Hello, we are back. It's day 41 and we are proceeding with our series on stances and today we are going to be talking about the compliant stance and that is made up of numbers 1, 2, and 6. And while each of these has a different dominant center of intelligence, they're in three different primary triads. What they share in common is that their repressed center of intelligence is the head or the thinking center. And of course, this doesn't mean that they are not thinking or not capable of, of quite skilled and advanced thinking. Um, in fact, they may feel like they're thinking all the time, uh, which could be accurate. But the, the issue is that there is some limitation around how that thinking is being used. So we say that um, they are naturally prone to unproductive thinking because it may be directed toward a pretty limited focus that then inhibits that thinking energy from being used elsewhere where it might be more needed. And so the goal is to be able to identify these patterns and bring up that thinking intelligence to be able to um, utilize it for productive thinking. And we'll talk about what that looks like for each of the three types, but first, just kind of a general overview of this stance. All three of these types move toward others. That is their direction of movement in relation to others, which is a key aspect of how these stances work. And once twos and sixes are very concerned with others' expectations, they tend to be loyal and dependable people or that those are values that are important to them. And they're kind of regularly consulting with their superego or that self-critical voice of conscience, kind of like an internal parental voice to figure out what the right thing is to do. They're asking, how can I meet the demands of what others expect of me? How can I be a responsible person, etc.? And that is the voice, that, that superego idea of what is right is the voice that they are uh, complying with, the voice that they are dependent on. And it, they are dependent on uh, responses from others to a degree, but it, it's ultimately how that gets filtered through this voice of conscience that they develop. And they believe, each in their own way, that they will be acceptable if they meet certain standards, if they act on, again, how they understand what is right. They're trying to obey internalized rules and principles and dictates that they have learned um, since childhood. And as a result, they can end up in the role of being an authority figure in one way or another. And part of this dynamic can lead to the development of um, a concept of self as, quote, better than others, a sense of superiority that, that can come from feeling like you are doing the right thing, obeying the rules, following those principles or standards. It's especially true for ones and twos. Sixes can feel more inferior more of the time, but they gain their sense of confidence and sometimes superiority through affiliations and identifications with groups, family, political party, church, etc. And the manifestation of, of this, of this um, dynamic of 
superiority is very subtle. I mean, it might not even be on the radar for others or even for the one, two, or six themselves. It's just, it's an aspect of sense of self that develops often for these numbers. And the orientation to time for this stance is the present. Their reference point is what they are seeing and experiencing in the present moment, more so than uh, what has happened in the past or what might happen in the future. Uh, of course, they consider those things uh, like anyone else, but the reference point and the natural starting point for understanding what's going on and deciding what to do is whatever is happening in the present moment. Okay, so what does this look like for the individual types? So we have type one, and ones are doing first. They're in that gut uh, or doing body triad, and so uh, doing intelligence leads and then feeling supports that, and so they have very strong feelings about what they do and how they do it. And because their superego voice is um, on overdrive, the volume of that self-criticism is turned so far up, they use a large portion of their thinking energy and intelligence on negotiating with that voice, trying to figure out how to appease that inner critic in an effort to try to get free of it or get some relief from it might be a better way to say that. So there can be a lot of time and energy spent trying to appease a voice that is not technically real or at the very least is not actually helping the one as much as they might think it to be. And so there needs to be a broader application of thinking energy and not always referring back to um, appeasing that voice or quieting the critic or making an effort to do so. For twos, yes, you may be thinking all of the time, but if you would create a uh, pie chart for the you know amount of time allotted for the different topics you may be thinking about. If 80 to 85 percent of the time spent thinking is about uh, relationships and other people, then that that pie chart might be a little out of balance because there's a lot of other things that deserve our attention and that need um, that thinking intelligence applied to them. And it's important not to, to limit yourself only to that terrain of relationship. And look, twos aren't going to do anything that is totally removed from the context of relationship and how it affects other people. Um, I know some, some twos right now that are doing amazing intellectual work. I, I mean, just brilliant minds and really fascinating when they apply them um, to their areas of interest and work. Uh, but of course, that work then is shared with others and then has benefit uh, for others. But it's through an avenue of contribution that has required a broader use, a deeper use of that thinking intelligence. And part of what drives this or underlies this pattern is that twos are feeling first. So they're taking in information through feeling. They're feeling other people's feelings. Quite often there is just an intuitive um, connection and sense of, of those things and, and of what people 
may need and they follow that or support that with doing energy and so they have a feeling they do something in response they have a feeling they do something about it and thinking is what gets left out of that process a lot of the time or again thinking to uh, its fullest potential and purpose um, of that particular intelligence is what gets lost in that process so feeling something for someone doing in response to try to meet a need repeat 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 that's the cycle and for sixes you know so much time and energy and effort from that thinking center of intelligence gets applied to this planning for uh, worst case scenarios or or future um, instances that may or may not happen and very rarely does the worst thing happen. And so if you've spent this time and this energy preparing for something that that never happens, then what else could that time and energy have gone to? That's an example of unproductive thinking. What also happens for sixes is this hesitation to fully own what they're thinking for themselves. There's this need to kind of check their idea or plan or point of view with others to try to gather support around that or to um, accept and submit to ways of thinking and, and thinking processes of a, a, an authority figure of, of some way, kind of abdicating your responsibility or your agency to think for oneself. So to think through and sort things out for yourself as a six is a huge part of bringing up that productive thinking intelligence. Not that there is anything wrong with getting input from others and and having a support group around you. Of course, that that's valuable. That's something we all need. But it's also important to be able to make some decisions and be confident and trust those decisions that you make yourself without having to gather, you know, six to 10 people for every decision, major and minor. So that's an example of, you know, the strategy itself is not the problem. It's just, do you have flexibility to be able to not rely exclusively on that strategy can you stand on your own two feet trust your own thinking and make decisions from that place as well when you need to okay that does it for an overview of the compliant stance and we have the withdrawing stance coming up next <laughs>